de crème de la crème, de chat de la chat. Kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Shut up, bitch! We need to build a wall. <coughs> oh, shit. Hey, man. Jersey, Judah. It's 625. I'm 10 minutes late, but it is what it is. It's uh, Valentine's Day, or actually nighttime Valentine's Valentine's Day, and guess where I'm at? I'm at the job, all right? But I'm back with another episode, another edition. 
of the Crash Out Coliseum. All right. You dig? Yeah, man. Um, today has been pretty busy for me. Uh, a busy Valentine's Day in terms of work. Uh, I didn't get a chance to upload what I did this morning. So I'm going to be uploading everything all at one time or at least uh, upload everything at one time. Share this morning's episode tonight. Share tonight's episode tomorrow morning. All right. So, yeah, busy day for me. And I am back once again. The day has been going by quickly, though, so I will say that. But as promised in the last episode, I had talked about mentioning the uh, a little bit more about the Vince McMahon situation. And we got that tonight. You dig? We got we got two things about Vince McMahon, um, two videos. One video is 12 minutes long. Another video is nine minutes and 44 seconds long. Then we got some fuckery at the end from No Jumper. This guy, Jesse, says he's not gay. Hold on. Let me read this. Uh, let me let me read this title for y'all. Um, well, actually, let me just go through this whole episode real quick, huh? You know what I mean? What the? The Vince McMahon videos, uh, one video, the 12 minute video, 10 things WWE wants you to forget about Vince McMahon. Then we got WWE Vince McMahon investigated by federal prosecutors over lawsuit allegations. Then with the uh, no jumper, we have Jesse says he's not gay, even if he sucks his trans girlfriend's dick. Yes. Yep. That's that's the title. Give me one second here while I let you guys know who's responsible for the content of this episode, even though I typically do so in the description. Um, Owen Wrestling News 365. Owen Wrestling News 365. What culture wrestling? All right. And of course, no jumper. Once again, Owen Wrestle News 365. What Culture Wrestling and No Jumper are responsible for the content of this episode. We ain't here for a long time. We here for a good time. So let's get this shit started. 10 things WWE wants you to forget about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Let's get it. From his, let's say, rather complex relationship with his family to his horrible treatment of wrestling. Shout out to What Culture. What Culture is responsible for this video. Legends. I am Gareth. This is What Culture Wrestling. And these are 10 things WWE wants you to forget about Vince McMahon. Number 10, just how bad it got when he last took total control. WWE is on the rise. The promotion sets record gates virtually everywhere it goes. SmackDown ratings are skyrocketing and Raw is doing great numbers too. That this has happened with Vince McMahon gone is no coincidence whatsoever. Given that he is slyly creeping around in the shadows currently, he'd probably want you to forget if he were capable of introspection just how poor the product was before he retired in July 2022. Nobody got over, really, unless their character was guided by Paul Heyman. While he could pull off a quite incredible... I mean, everybody, and this is the thing, with um, with Vince and that situation, right? So, 
Vince McMahon always, when he ran the show, it was always about the big guys. People that were fans of wrestling know guys like Ultimate Warrior, guys like Hulk Hogan, and a number of others. They were selected because of their physique more so than their actual ability to wrestle, okay? When somebody like, uh, I got this heat blast in my bad. I know this shit probably loud. What the? Um, when Triple H came and, you know, briefly took over, even with NXT, people notice, hey, the product is different. It's amazing how a product can look when a different person is running the show. You don't got the same guy that's been asking for the same type of wrestlers for almost 30 years now. You actually got wrestlers that are actually athletic, they're charismatic, and they have the ability to do what they got to do, right? Um, With Triple H, him being a wrestler, right? Him being a guy who's in shape, but at the same time knows about talent, people are more so siding with him in terms of running the company than Vince McMahon, especially with the allegations going on. So, I mean, granted, yeah, he's a huge Brock Lesnar fan, but so is millions of uh, wrestling fans at one time. Well, still probably to this day. I mean, let's be honest, the kids aren't going to know about what happened to Brock Lesnar unless they go snooping around. WrestleMania night one and didn't get a chance to ruin Cody Rhodes, McMahon's product was bone dry at best and impossibly stupid at worst. But really, by the end, WWE was actually more tedious than anything else. WWE would rather you forget the content void over which Vince presided because the prospect of a return to those days might dampen this boom. Number nine, he is deeply unpleasant to be around. Colliding with old funny stories of Vince being one of the boys, he takes their finishes in bars and scraps with them on planes. What a guy. The current roster of WWE wrestlers are probably wary of a full-time in-person Vince return because he is an intimidating and unpleasant individual who rules by fear. Sasha Banks, by her own admission, was reluctant initially to even speak to him, telling Sam Roberts as much in 2016. Per the account of Ricardo Rodriguez, Alberto Del Rio's on-screen personal ring announcer, Vince once stood on Curtis Axel's foot over and over again. In a bid to get him to stand up for himself. In a similar story, Mark Henry revealed to Chris Van Vliet that Vince once ribbed him by making him work a dark match with Sin Cara, only for his opponent not to show. When Henry grabbed a mic and demanded someone else come out to face him, and his improvisation went nowhere, he marched backstage to let his feelings be known. Vince had already left, of course. Henry wanted to quit on the spot, but Vince just thought it was funny. And when Henry said he felt useless and expendable, Vince showed him the tape of the dark non-match and asked Henry to replicate that emotion to drive his Hall of Pain push. McMahon Jedi mind trick my ass. This guy was just a jerk. Number 8, he hates you. That might be a bit much, but Vince McMahon does, yeah, actually hate you. He was warned that fans wouldn't actually jeer Baron Corbin for retiring Kurt Angle, and that they simply wouldn't buy it. The fans didn't so much hate the idea of the match as believe it was a rib, but the idea was so bad. Vince's response per former creative writer Dave Schilling, them. The fans were right in the end, what do you know? Corbin may have over-delivered against Carmelo Hayes on NXT recently, but fans didn't buy him as a top heel in 2019. Vince couldn't even bring himself to apologize during the infamous... I'm gonna be honest with you. 
I know little about what the fuck he's talking about. We're here for the juicy shit, but I think the next video is going to have all the juice that we need. Pause. All right. Apologize for the absolute state of raw segments of December 2018. He was heckled when saying that he could no longer run it by himself. And at the slightest provocation said, I can do it without you guys though. And by the dismal end of his career as a promoter, let's hope it is at the end, he deemed you so stupid and ignorant that there were as many recaps on raw as matches. Number seven, his complex relationship with Triple H and the rest of his family. Mm. Back in September 2021, NXT was revamped, becoming NXT 2.0. The change was not merely drastic, it was transformative. Change is not even the correct word. 2.0 in almost every single way was a complete overhaul <coughs> unrecognizable from what came before. The last days of Triple H's NXT were a bleak, dark pit of intense, hard-hitting work rates. And while Triple H did flirt with sports entertainment in the Capital Wrestling Center days, clearly it was not enough. 2.0 felt like a punishment, if it cannot be determined for certain that a demotion actually happened. The heavy metal aesthetic was replaced with every single color and green throwback powerhouses and Ms. Acolytes sprouted up to beat the work rate workhorses out of the company. Was this all an elaborate way of sneering at Triple H for losing the Wednesday Night War? Triple H did put over Vince as someone who could offer valuable advice even before Vince made his big coup. But he's hardly gonna bury him, is he? For the optics, these corporate types dance admit that the image of their well-crafted lives could possibly be fake. And wasn't the timing of Stephanie McMahon's second exit from WWE in as many years, all very suspicious. Number six, the Saudi Arabia plane incident. Uh -oh. Something happened on that plane, but for obvious reasons, nobody wants to talk about it. On November 1st, 2019, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter tweeted, live by the sword, die by the sword. After which the rumor mills started to whir. WWE talents, aside from Vince McMahon, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Jimmy Hart, who got out of Saudi Arabia in a hurry, and Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, who departed on the former's private jet were stranded in Saudi Arabia. WWE cited mechanical issues. The short version of the unofficial slash alleged story is thus. In revenge for not being paid for Crown Jewel 2019 in the expected time frame, Vince McMahon entered a shoot program with the effing Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Because it was WWE in 2019, it went 50-50. Vince pulled the plug on the NBC Action Saudi feed, delaying Crown Jewel by an hour. And in retaliation for that, the plane was held. After which certain mid-card acts were put up in a hotel before the matter was resolved. Even if the chances of a true international incident were remote, and this was a blinking contest between Vince and the Crown Prince, the wrestlers weren't to know that. Carl Anderson even texted his wife, who outright claimed on Twitter that the wrestlers were held hostage, to tell his children that he loves them. Christ. Number five, his treatment of Jim Ross. Vince McMahon apparently believed that he was expressing affection towards Jim Ross when he mercilessly, cruelly bantered him off the face of the planet. It. Very much. Yeah, I've heard I've heard stories about this from uh, Jim Ross. Funny thing is, I had mentioned this earlier in the last uh, episode that I haven't listened to it yet, but I was planning on listening to one of the old recordings that Jim Ross had back in the day, like in the 90s. He had like a radio show or whatever, and he would have wrestlers and shit on. Realistically, it is kind of like the first wrestling podcast, if you think about it.
This, what you're about to hear, is how the bloke thought he was being nice. Vince, variously, let go of Ross in 1994, a fortnight removed from his first attack of Bell's palsy, did an impression of JR's affliction years later in 2012 when returning to WWE Raw on screen in a what's he like eh babyface role, relentlessly tore chunks off him through the headset, so much so that in AEW to this day, JR shouts pronoun boy when he slips up to punish himself, mocked his colonoscopy surgery in a bad taste skit, reducing a terrifying ordeal to literal toilet humour that Ross thought his wife Jan had experienced a death in the family she was that upset by it. Drafted him to Smackdown live on television, turning his real life upside down just so that he could see his gutted reaction. Ross is adamant that his treatment was never as bad as observers suggest, but he is the only one who defends it. Number four, he was horrible to Howard Finkel too. Howard Finkel was a treasured on-screen talent, blessed with a distinctly endearing voice, no one has ever rivaled the Fink when anointing a new champion. His prolonged, much imitated, and new announcement was loaded with gravitas. He was also a beloved, long-tenured employee. One of the nicest men to have ever been involved in wrestling, the Fink also coined WrestleMania, which was a significantly better idea than Vince's original The Colossal Tussle pitch. Finkel's reward? Her William Paul Bearer Moody, Fink was institutionally bullied. Moody described the abuse as 24-7 constant. He was too much of a fan and not an alpha male. And so he was <laughs> fed sardines in a bushwhacker <laughs> skit until he was sick. frequently in tuxedo matches because Vince, a phenomenally mean-spirited man, seemed Beater. to enjoy watching him suffer. Number three, he humiliated a ton of wrestlers on screen. As already noted, VKM has a somewhat bizarre sense of humour. And by bizarre, I mean rather horrendous. And along with the fact he regularly made the likes of good old JR and the mighty Fink's lives and misery just because he fancied a giggle, you can bet WWE won't be in a rush to remind their current audience of the countless times he completely humiliated larger-than-life superstars on WWE programming either. Booking his Mr. McMahon character to force Trish Stratus to bark like a dog, having numerous performers join his dreadful kiss-my-ass club, screwing hitmen on their way out of the door. The list really does go on when it comes to Vince McMahon-crafted moments WWE wish they could erase from their now family-friendly organization. Hell, as recently as 2020, Vince was still going out of his way to poke the worst kind of fun at his own son-in-law on national television, oddly mocking Triple H for being a boring soul, as he rambled through an awkward attempt at a comical tribute on SmackDown. Just when you thought the pandemic couldn't get any worse, eh? Number two, he resigned in disgrace. This was just a mm. massive lie, wasn't it? And WWE had the temerity to echo the lie on television when, later that night, Stephanie McMahon placed on record her thanks for his service on SmackDown. The great, benevolent Vince realised he was simply too old. At 77, he was 76, the idiot. This was something WWE had to do. The real reason was all over the media, but they were hardly going to acknowledge that, were they? But imagine if he had actually decided to resign. If Vince had resigned, then Belly had been a show for all the video packages. He'd have sent himself up and out at the same time. There'd have been some sense of occasion. None of this happened, though. WWE thanked him because they felt they had to, but not for too long. They couldn't celebrate nor demonize him, so occupied some weird in-between place. Vince did not... Dude, that's business. I mean, when you reach that level, because, like I said before, yeah, they can shame Vince McMahon for what he did <coughs> in terms of the allegations. Can they actually Benoit Vince McMahon? Absolutely not. There'd be no way. 
They're not gonna Benoit Chris. Um, um, they're not gonna Benoit or Chris Benoit, Vince McMahon. It's not gonna happen. Now they won't say anything bad about him, but they also won't spend time saying anything good about him. Because remember, it's still WWE, and last time I checked, WWE was a part of that lawsuit. So just throwing that out there. He resigned in disgrace after multiple historical sexual misconduct and assault allegations previously covered up via hush money were exposed by the Wall Street Journal. Number one, he paid Rita Chatterton. A content warning here, there is going to be some description of sexual assault. Yikes. The news cycle is horrible. Yikes. Horrific, momentous events are reported on and debated. They strike an awful chord with anybody in possession of empathy and a conscience. Then those people are left to question their conscience when they can no longer summon the proportionate disgust to that story when several hundred more emerge in the subsequent weeks and months. Mm. Vince McMahon finally paying Rita Chatterton should have been a far bigger news story than it was. But by that point, January 2023, observers had unfortunately been callous to the cycle. Chatterton had accused McMahon of hoisting her on top of him before raping her in 1986. Yikes. Speaking to Now It Can Be Told in April 1992, Chatterton disclosed her side of the story. In her words, he made me have oral sex and he started to get really excited and I pulled away and he got really angry and said that's worth half a million dollars a year. And when I said no, he said I better satisfy him. And he pulled off my pants and pulled me on top of him and he satisfied himself through intercourse. McMahon insisted this was a shakedown, claiming to have proof that Chatterton was urged to spread a lie by former wrestler David Schultz. He sued both and Geraldo Riviera and Brooke Skulski before later dropping the suit. The Wall Street Journal reported in January 2023 that Chatterton was paid a settlement figure in December in the middle millions of dollars. Ooh. She was able to do this as a result of a one Yikes opening in New York State, allowing victims to file suits otherwise barred by statute of limitations. In the legal letter written to McMahon, Chatterton's lawyer John Clune revealed that his client had passed a polygraph test regarding the incident. McMahon's lawyer, Jerry McDevitt, responded to the report by saying, Vince settled the case solely to avoid the cost of litigation. And that is our list. Know of any other things that WWE wants you to forget about Vince McMahon? Well, let us know all about them in the comment section right down below. I mean... Quite honestly, there's a good amount of things that would be missing from that list, to be fair, right? A couple things that are, that are missing from there. Uh, the steroid scandal, Chris Benoit situation, um, you know, how the WWE or it was claimed that WWE posted about the death of Benoit on the Wikipedia, but it was somebody else that ended up posting it, that FBI investigated and interviewed. I mean, there's a lot of things. What, didn't um, Titus O'Neil get suspended for like... Um, like sort of tapping Vince McMahon on his shoulder or some shit like that. I mean, there was, a, I mean, there's a lot of incidences and I've said this before with Vince McMahon, like he's, he's a billionaire. So that machismo, that attitude, that's going to come with it. Right. You know, the larger than life type of attitude, you know, I'm better than you type of attitude. That's going to come with the territory. <clears throat> okay. Now, 
what's weird to me is the patterns throughout the years. I mean, the only thing that keeps this situation afloat is the internet at this point. And it's not media in terms of television. It's media in terms of content creators who are talking about the situation and who are bringing up the lawsuits and all the text messages and and things of that nature. So, you know, it's something to be said now. It would be different if, I mean, if mainstream media talked about it, of course it would be well known. But I think some of those people are kind of like told not to talk about it, you know, in more friendlier words. But then you had a former WWE uh, superstar woman. And there was a situation that involved her um, allegedly being assaulted by Vince. I mean, this isn't the first. And realistically, it, it probably isn't the last. Now, they were able, I think the Wall Street Journal was a Wall Street Journal. I want to say it was Wall Street Journal. Um, They were able to get the records of what McMahon was spending on these women and found out that he was kind of just it's hush money. I mean, allegedly, it's the best way to look at it. You're giving you're giving out millions of dollars to women who were allegedly assaulted decades ago. Later on, giving them millions of dollars to keep their mouth shut because Vince McMahon might know that the walls for him is closing in. The walls for him might be closing in. So, you know, it's not a good look to have even more commotion, right? And more controversy. So he goes into his bank accounts. You know, he he takes out millions, millions of dollars in cash. (coughs) And he just forks it out to all the victims. Alleged victims, of course. But all victims, nevertheless, received uh, uh, a lump sum of, you know, millions of dollars. I think it was a total of, from what I remember, uh, $14.6 million worth of money that he was allegedly passing out to some of the women that were, you know, allegedly assaulted by him. Um, this is what happens when you're a millionaire or a high level millionaire or a billionaire. Um, your money becomes your personality. So you feel that you can just buy people. And I think Vince has that sort of way of thinking. And I also think Diddy had that way of thinking. You dig? 30 minutes in to the pod. You dig? <coughs> Shout out to What Culture Wrestling. What culture wrestling? All right. Uh, I believe these are the British people, the people from the UK. Um, Next, we got Owen Wrestling News 365. And this is going even deeper. It's getting spicy. Vince McMahon's being investigated by federal prosecutors over the allegations. I'm assuming these are the allegations that involve Miss Janelle Grant. All right. So without further ado, let's continue the Crash Out Coliseum. All right.
Breaking news coming in the last couple of minutes as federal prosecutors are now investigating Vince McMahon over the allegations made Vin against Mac. him in a recent lawsuit filed against McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and WWE. Yikes. Hey guys, welcome back to Rest News 365. Hope everyone is doing very well. As always, there are plenty of news stories to get into in the world of professional wrestling and the allegations against Vince McMahon, now former executive chairman of TKO and formerly involved in WWE as well, have taken yet another turn. And this time, it's serious, serious involvement when it comes to federal prosecutors investigating the former CEO of WWE. Now, this comes from the Wall Street Journal. As I mentioned, this is a breaking and developing news story in the last couple of minutes saying that prosecutors in New York in recent months have been in contact with women who have accused Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon, of sexual misconduct, the people have said. The billionaire resigned last week from the wrestling empire he long ran after former WWE employee Janelle Grant filed a lawsuit accusing him of sexually abusing her and trafficking her to other men inside WWE. McMahon has denied Grant's allegations and said the federal probe won't find wrongdoing. He referred to a statement from last week saying, quote, I intend to vigorously defend myself against these baseless accusations and look forward to clearing my name, end quote. Now, WWE didn't respond to requests about the probe or about the individual woman's allegations. Over the summer, federal agents executed a search warrant for McMahon's phone and delivered a subpoena to him for documents related to any allegation of, quote, rape, sexual trafficking, yes. sexual assault, commercial sex transaction, aye, harassment aye, aye. or discrimination, end quote. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, it's a rap, man. It's a rap. Vinnie Mac eliminated. <laughs> eliminated. He's shitting on bitches. Oh yeah, I got the sound. Eliminated. Eliminated. All right. Eliminated. He was part of the cream team. Hold up. Cream team. Cream team. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this is sick current or former WWE employees. Now, the grand jury subpoena described to the Wall Street Journal offers the first window into the investigation, which began in 2022. Mm. The journal reported in 2022 that McMahon had made payouts to several women who mm. accused him of sexual misconduct while he was the CEO and that prosecutors were investigating the payouts. The subpoena also saw communications between McMahon and these women, including Grant. The businessman and TV personality resigned as executive chairman of WWE parent company TKO Group Holdings on January 26, the day after Grant's lawsuit was filed. Her complaint contained graphic depictions of sex acts and copies of explicit text messages. Now, Grant and at least four of the women named in the grand jury subpoena had entered into settlement agreements with McMahon over allegations of sexual misconduct. Prosecutors have interviewed some of the women the people have said. Grant's lawsuit said McMahon agreed in 2022 to pay her $3 million to keep silent about their what? relationship. She said <laughs> began after they met in 2019 at his luxury apartment building where Grant also lived. Grant, nice. who worked in the talent relations and legal departments at WWE from 2019 to 2022, said in her lawsuit that McMahon stopped paying her after an initial $1 million wire transfer. 
The other women named in the grand jury subpoena include a WWE contractor who McMahon allegedly sent unsolicited nude photos and sexually harassed, a former WWE oh, wrestler who said McMahon coerced her into giving him oral sex, former Mwah. WWE referee Richard Chatterton who accused McMahon of assaulting her, a spa manager who said McMahon assaulted her at a Southern California resort, and a former WWE employee who alleged the head of talent relations at the company at the time, John Laurinaitis, demoted her after she broke off an affair with him. Now, McMahon has denied the allegations made by Chatterton, first made publicly in a televised interview in the 1990s. He agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement in late 2022 without admitting wrongdoing. His lawyer said he agreed to the settlement to avoid the cost of litigation. McMahon hasn't addressed the allegations made by the other woman. Now, as for what lies ahead, we really don't know. John Laurinaitis also appeared in Janelle Grant's lawsuit, which said McMahon directed her to visit Laurinaitis at his hotel rooms, where she had sex with Laurinaitis before the start of work days. The two men took turns restraining and assaulting her inside WWE's offices on one occasion in 2021. Laurinaitis, a former wrestler known as Johnny Ace and a longtime WWE executive, left the company in 2022 after the allegations against McMahon and Laurinaitis were made public. Laurinaitis hasn't publicly commented on his departure, but what we have heard is a statement from a lawyer for John Laurinaitis. This came out over the last couple of days. Now, a lawyer for Laurinaitis, Edward Brennan, said, quote, we deny any and all allegations and will vigorously defend the charges against Mr. Laurinaitis in the appropriate setting. Now, Brennan said Grant's lawsuit doesn't highlight any examples of Laurinaitis making sexual demands or exchanging items of value. Quote, count how many times in the complaint Vince exerts control over both the plaintiff and Johnny, he wrote in an email referring to his client. It's a good complaint. It just doesn't list all the victims, including Johnny. Now, Vince McMahon briefly left WWE in 2022 during a board investigation and returned in early 2023. Soon thereafter, he negotiated a sale of WWE to Endeavor, owner of the UFC Mixed Martial Arts League. The deal created a new publicly traded company called TKO Group Holdings. And until last week, McMahon served as its executive chairman. Now, TKO had warned investors about the risks associated with WWE's longtime leader, who remains a major shareholder. In securities filings last year, TKO Group said McMahon's presence on the board could result in negative publicity, and, quote, any further allegations and investigations may have an adverse financial and operational impact on our business performance. Now, again, this is a developing news story, so we don't have any more information on this right now. But certainly it is quite interesting, as I mentioned, when it comes to the statement provided by John Laurinaitis, who was also named in this lawsuit last week. Now, as I mentioned, according to a statement provided by Laurinaitis's lawyer, Edward Brennan, this came from Vice News yesterday, the former head of talent relations maintains that he is a victim in this case, much like the plaintiff, Janelle Grant. The quote once again said, Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations in the misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media, Brennan wrote on Laurinaitis' behalf. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out. 
when Brennan was asked to then clarify whether he was claiming McMahon was the predator in this case, he wrote, quote, read the allegations, read the federal statute, power, control, employment, supervisory capacity, dictatorial sexual demands with repercussions if not met. Count how many times in the complaint Vince exerts control over both of them. As cited in the lawsuit, Laurenitis was named as one of the men that McMahon allegedly recruited for Grant to regularly have sex with, both with and without McMahon himself involved. Grant was supposedly told to create, quote, explicit content for Laurenitis, who she claims attacked and assaulted her alongside McMahon inside Laurenitis's office in WWE headquarters. Grant's lawsuit charges Laurenitis with civil battery, intentional, intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress, and violation of the victims of trafficking and Violence Protection Act of 2000. Now, of course, the last couple of weeks have been quite big weeks for WWE and TKO, one of which saw the announcement that Monday Night Raw, WWE's flagship program that Vince McMahon created back in 1993, heading to Netflix in January of 2025. Now, a Netflix executive gave a blunt answer to a question regarding Vince McMahon on Wednesday. The company's content chief, Bella Baraja, met with press at a media event in Hollywood on Thursday. When asked about McMahon, she only offered a brief response, saying, quote, he's gone, so he's not there, he's gone, Baraja said. Also at the event, Netflix's Brandon Reek, who is the vice president of nonfiction, responded to questions regarding the deal to bring WWE content to the streaming service, saying, quote, the truth is we don't know how much bigger it can get, Riggs said of the WWE audience. I think we are really bullish on it, but we know that has an incredibly consistent audience for the last several decades. And so that's really first and foremost where we're starting at, and then we'll see where we go from there. Now, the allegations against McMahon were also addressed by Janelle Grant's attorney on Thursday. And Callis spoke with Morning in America about the culture of corruption in WWE and the number of those who are coming forward and willing to attest to it. She said, quote, my office and my inbox have had a barrage of people wanting to come forward to attest about this culture of corruption and also possible victims, she said. We are just beginning now to wade through all of this, but we are frankly overwhelmed. So that is the latest developments regarding all of this. What are your thoughts? about the latest developments when it comes to federal prosecutors investigating Vince McMahon over these allegations. Um, what was that video we checked out before? I forgot the um, forgot the name of the channel, but we checked out a video before. They were already talking about the uh, possibility of, you know, federal, you know, this whole thing going federal and them opening this wide investigation in the situation. Um, so it's really not much of a surprise to me, um, how far does this go? Um, where does Vince go in terms of these people finding enough information and enough evidence or using that money that's been, that's being passed around as sort of evidence to him giving off hush money and then the stories of what happened, especially with Janelle Grant, a couple of things have added up. The dates have added up with certain with a certain superstar that's no longer mentioned um, in WWE anymore. Uh, former UFC champion. I mean, I don't really see much of. Like Vince doesn't have the he can't have the path of re, of redemption at the age that he's at, right? So 
so rather than being looked at as you know the guy who made a mistake and kind of has to you know rewrite his name and you know it's it's one of those situations look at um you know i saw i didn't see it but i saw the thumbnail of uh, an interview with dj vlad and michael vick and michael vick talking about being bankrupt and being locked up for the dog situation and everything he had to go through and you know at the end it still wasn't a happy ending he pretty much went broke. And that's kind of like why guys like DJ Vlad is so intelligent and smart because he's able to reach out to some of the older the older cats who was in the football or, you know, in basketball or was, you know, top selling hip hop artists in the 80s and 90s. You know, he's able to still reach out and because his platform isn't a particular it's not it's not really age particular because sometimes you got older artists a lot of times you got recent artists you know current platinum selling artists that's on Vlad i mean there's a large variety of people that's what i'm trying to say um so even though it's DJ Vlad interviewing it's always somebody different right you know, he'll come back to the same person two years later, maybe in some cases two months, three months later. Um, you know, speaking of that, speaking of the whites, we got uh, Adam 22, no jumper. We're just breezing through this episode. I didn't mean to do all that. We're, we're going through like the last clip. And I know this shit isn't long at all. It's like five minutes, I think. But, uh, it's definitely worth going through, so uh, prepare yourselves. Yeah, we've been in every news outlet with just the fact of, you know, a straight man, yeah. like, you know, I'm a sh- like, like dating I'm a, a trans man. woman, like, you know, they and they don't want to see him as... A straight male. They want me and to like, admit that I'm gay not, and everything. Because you're not, you're not a straight man. You fucking with a man that's trying to sound like a woman and look like a woman, but still have a penis. If you have sexual intercourse with that, you're a homosexual. And there's no disrespect to the gay community. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of gay people can agree with what I just said. That's just the reality. Okay. I'm just saying. Just saying, all right. I see this man. I gotta tell people, I was never invested into her because of what she's got going on under her clothes. I was invested into her story and her heart, mm. truly, and I feel that. Mm-hmm. I know I do. That's why I love this girl, man. Anything can change on her. I'd still be in love with her. So I feel like to a lot of people, they have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that okay. you say you're straight, but then you also have acknowledged that you'll hurt. Right. Absolutely. How do you square that in your mind? Man, this is a good one. I mean, I just truly like I I really just look at her like a woman, whether she has a dick or not. Personally, like it, it even looks girly to me. Adam twenty two. Lucifer twenty two. No Jesus. 
No jumper. This this is the shit. I mean, like really though. I mean, like really though. Seriously. I got a big. I got a big. My, my only fans is called the hung plumber for a reason. Right. I'm hung is, she's got this tiny little thing from the hormones. Well, yeah, the I, hormones make it small and yes. make it like not get hard, right? No, no, no. I literally. If she's real like, turned on. If I get her real turned on, yeah. Yeah. You might see it you poking know? up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah through the dress. Just <laughs> get high, bro. I love it. Well, wow, bro. This is like, yo, think about, and I want the no jumper fans to think about something, right? <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of y'all, like huge no jumper fans, like y'all go, oh yeah, you know, Adam just be joking, like yo, man, enough's enough. This nigga's weird. This nigga's weird, and he got creeps that come on the show. The nigga's weird. And, and the guy, by the way, the man, hold on, hold on, hold on. The man, the man's tweaking. The man's tweaking. But nigga is a homosexual. Okay. One more time. But nigga is a homosexual. How are you talking about sucking penis as a man and claim to not be gay? I, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. That's, that's absurd. That's absurd. Still learning. There's so many things like, I don't know about like, the trans like, relationship. Like, would, you, would you ever work with a trans woman? I have. Like, uh, I've said no up till this point. Okay, and why? Well, let me ask you this. I heard you speak on something. Right. I heard you speak on something with Shout out to Wack. Shout out to Wack. You started something about. He was asking about trans women, and you said that. The stigma with your people. I speak on this all the time. That's what I loved about you. I was like, man, I can't wait to meet this guy, bro. I was actually thinking of using like the black community as my excuse. Like, listen, I want to, but I, I have such a large black audience. I can't right. accept okay. them. This, this is cap. This is not how I actually feel. I was just kind of floating yeah, back yeah, the yeah, wagon. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this strategy? This is good shit right now, bro. <laughs> this is real shit, right? The stigma that there is for men like me and it's Adam, like, right? That are tatted up or people made it up, jacked up, or if you know the background. He comes from the background I come from or the people we come from we're not allowed to do anything other than just straight uh, you know sexual type of stuff with mm. natural women if you get caught doing anything else you know you're gonna get blasted just like when you did that thing with Jason Love Elena. Right. That honestly bro I was pissed off for you right. seeing what people write about it. I'm like mm. maybe him and his wife are enjoying their journey like if that's what pleasures them I'm like bro I get I like seeing my girl bro I'll say it right now I like seeing my girl do interracial scenes with black guys mm -hmm. I get off to it <laughs> Yo, this thing is gay, bro. Like, bro, that's gay. I'm sorry. That's wild, and that's that's wild, fruity, and wild gay. There's no other way to put it. Are you following me? There's no other way to put it. That shit's gay. All right? I am saying that. I, admit, I like watching my woman pleasure, bro. It's hot. Like, it takes a real, bro, it takes a uh, strong man yeah. to be able to watch the whole situation go down. She's probably mm. texting him, setting up the collab, and you're sitting in your head like, is this a good idea? Is this going to be hot? I, I felt like I kind of got like a window into what it would be like to be gay or trans or dating a trans woman or whatever, because to me, it's like, I understand that my wife doing a scene with this large black man is yeah. entertaining, funny, exciting to people. I totally get that. But the level of like anger that some people had about yeah, it was yeah. just very shocking you, to you're me. You're not a man. You provide for your. You got the nicest things for your family. The, they mean you're not a man. You provide yeah. everything. Right. You don't want And as for these wicked people, it's all about money. Oh, it's all about what you can provide. Hey, go out there and screw whatever you want. 
And then it's the people that go, and most of the hip hop audience that listens to No Jumper, they don't agree with this. See, this is, this, this is what, this is what like is the most mind blowing part about No Jumper. His way of thinking is so out of the culture. It's just the platform that he has and the people that's on his platform. The less he speaks, the more views they get. When he starts talking about this shit and, and having weirdos on, the nigga's weird, man. Nigga's weird, all right? Hold up. The nigga is a homosexual. The nigga is a homosexual. Okay? Cream team. Cream team. Cream team. Eliminated. Disgusting. Basura. Yeah. I respect the shit out of that. Basura. No, I mean, it, it really didn't like get to me much, but I was more just like taking a step back and just being like, damn, there is armies of people on social yeah, yeah. media that to them this is like the worst thing possible and i just it's have like a hard time wrapping, crumbling yeah i just have a hard time wrapping my head around why people would be that concerned about it yeah same thing with you guys it's like mm, listen yeah. i totally get people who don't agree with it are weirded out yeah, by it and like I get we're not it. here like to try to like kid thing which we get to yeah so totally like that. i'm completely against everything like i don't you know try to sit here and be like, we were just getting his haircut the other day and people think, oh, trans aren't supposed to be around kids. Like I was doing a puzzle with, you know, his son on the floor, uh-huh. enjoying my time. I'm pushing just like, no agenda. Yeah, like not even people think I'm just going to be like rah, rah, like trans. And did people like, see it on social media and they were tripping about it? Every They, you know, think just because I'm trans that I'm yeah, pushing an yeah, agenda. We got, that, we got death threats for that and post. that's bro. not true nice. at all. Good like, job, guys. People saying, you know, you shouldn't be around kids. Facts. Documenting our life and our journey, yeah. like anybody else does on YouTube or oh, yeah. you know OnlyFans or Twitter. I don't think everybody like she went from. I said she. He went from because that's a biological male. He went from saying um, everybody posts their life on YouTube and social media. And OnlyFans, because everybody has OnlyFans. And Twitter, because apparently everybody has Twitter, too. I mean, what the fuck? Thing, it's nothing new. What the fuck? That's weird, bro. Niggas is weird. No other way to put it. Can't fool, you can't fool me with that. Sitting back here, relaxing. We went through everything. It's 7-Eleven. And I gotta go to 7-Eleven, but I gotta I gotta go to 7-Eleven after I go back. Then I go to the ATM, get my money. You know what I mean? Put some gas in this car, cause I know this shit is about to hit 50, uh, 50 miles until E. But I'm gonna get gas in the car tomorrow. Got some errands to run tomorrow morning. I got to get back on my routine, man. I've been falling off. I kind of been slacking, but I think I'm getting back onto the routine. You know, it's just been a very fucking uh, busy day and I still have a good amount of things that I have left to do. So I'm not going to be on here too long. I can't believe we went through like, what was that? 25 minutes? What was that total? fucking piece of shit I still got notifications up here for four hours like they just like just chilling like what the fuck um 26 minutes 26 minutes 
in 26 seconds worth of content we went through. Um, you know, Vince McMahon is kind of in a kind of in trouble right now in a bit of a uh, commotion. Okay. That's happening. Um, this guy, whoever the fuck he is, he's a weirdo. He's a gay guy, but the thing is, like, there is no other logical explanation for it, right? Like, a, a man, a biological male who wants to identify whatever the fuck they think they are, that's fine, but in reality... Even if they gotten the penis taken off, they're they're still biological men, right? Um, you know, it's a very controversial thing to say, but it is what it is. When you think about it, um, you know, these guys who deal with these people, right, and these people who identify as a woman but is a man. You know, these people can come up with all the excuses that they want. You know, um, if these people are wielding swords, um, that's absolutely uh, fruity. There's no other way to put it. Absolutely fruity. And what better place to go than um, Lucifer 22's No Jesus, a.k.a. Adam 22's No Jumper? What better what better place to go? Because, you know, Adam 22... He likes his uh he likes his wife getting cupped out. He he loves it. He's into it. That's his thing. And like I said, the thing that the thing that's crazy to me is these people are actually able to get away with having a platform that consists of a large audience of blacks. Um mostly aimed at, mostly directed towards the hip-hop genre, of course, um, and gain hundreds and thousands of uh, subscribers. It's like some weird agenda. I always thought about this, like, yo, wouldn't it not be a surprise that, you know, Adam-22 is kind of pushing that sort of agenda and trying to, like, introduce the black culture into the life of a cuck and transformers here and talking about doing scenes with transformer like this is this is like typical shit and i honestly believe that the audience is just used to him in that way they're used to it they're used to it Personally, the only time I listen to um, No Jumper at this point is when um, the Adam and Wax show, right? That's the only time I listen to No Jumper. Everything else on No Jumper is pretty much mid at this point. Ever since Crip Mac got locked up, because um, that was kind of like the last person that most people on No Jumper were following outside of others, like, Sharp is kind of, like, definitely mid. Um, his content is only aimed at, like, yelling at bottom-feeding bitches. 
as a, you know, so-called former pimp, reform pimp. I don't know. I'm from the East Coast. I'm black. Niggas Mac, we don't pimp, all right? That's the whole, that's the whole premises of that. We don't, we don't pimp, we Mac, okay? It's a whole different ball game, okay? <coughs> whole different ball game. Um, and I think the audience, even, even like what I said before with, um, the episodes that I did about, um, AD and T-Rail leaving No Jumper, right? And kind of how it solidified sort of the separation, if you will, between like, you know, niggas that want to talk about shit that's going on in their area and musically and other things within entertainment versus sort of the guy who's at this point he's becoming he became sort of the the b-rated howard stern where this is a guy who goes out there and finds the talent he's he himself isn't really about talent it's the people he hires and it's the work that they can put in for the flagship that he has that gives him the credibility. That's the secret of Adam 22, if you think about it, right? Can Adam 22 hold his own channel? I doubt it. It would just be plug talk. He would just be doing porn, right? That's all That's all it would mostly be. He, need, he needed those people. He needed House Phone. He needed AD. He needed T-Row. It's almost like Howard Stern. All right, could Howard Stern find Another Artie Lang? No. Right? Wouldn't been able to. Right? There's nobody who could pretty much beat Artie Lang's role and position with the Howard Stern show, right? But eventually he left. And and my and a lot of people would agree. A lot of the old fans of Howard Stern would agree that when Artie Lang left, um, I think it was illustrated in the um, in the books he read. Uh, the books he wrote, uh, uh, "Crash and Burn" is a good one, and "Too Fat to Fish" is also a good one. But "Too Fat to Fish" is a book that's actually written by I forgot the other people. They're comedians, close friends to him. They also participated in writing the book, but. Um, with Adam 22, the point I'm trying to make is in the same way with Howard Stern, right? Um, Howard Stern's voice is iconic. Um, and technically speaking, he could hold his own by himself. I think the fact that how he was thinking, why would he do it all by himself where he can have somebody else, you know, put in the effort, put in the opinion, put in the energy, and he can just sit back, you know, say something every now and then, and that's it. And it's been a formula. It's been a formula for years. It's been a formula for years now. And when the Howard Stern show died down, and you've seen the same people that Howard Stern used to talk shit about now hanging out with and smiling and doing taking pictures and doing interviews with, you kind of see how. Um, you kind of see how. The business works, right? 
where it's like, you see how business and entertainment works, where some things is actually like, in my opinion, some things are like professional wrestling, where if two artists want to sell records, they'll diss each other and get people to think that these people are really, you know, trying to get each other up out of here. But in reality, they're doing this in terms of getting sales and getting people listening, getting a buzz back. A lot of people don't think about it like that. Um, it's almost like boxing in a way, or actually professional wrestling. And I think professional wrestling needs to start doing this, right? You know how, and it's a classic thing they use in boxing all the time. It's it's like it's the it's one of those like go to things for boxing. Um, you'll have a press conference, right? Large table. One guy on one side, the other guy on the other side, his security, the security of the one guy, and they talk about the match coming up and, you know, what's at stake and who's going to lose and how the other person's going to be busted wide open by the end of the match. And then at the end, they face off and then, you know, one guy tries to tries to slap the other guy and then they go have their little back and forth and it hypes up an event, right? Just a high thought. Because this whole, you know, look, like this whole spectacle, going back to sort of like the Transformer thing, you know, it's not the point that you're not promoting it. Some people are just not going to understand it, you know. And on top of that, you have these people that push this shit along with the kids and the students at schools, elementary schools, drag queen story time, people. It's drag queen story time. All right. You got a you got a full grown you got a whole man, bearded man with makeup on and in a dress. Full he he's bearded. White guy. He what? All right. You know, this is all acceptable, especially Adam-22. Cuck. This guy's a cuck, all right? He's the cuckiest of the cuck. Cuck. Absolutely despicable. Sad, man. Typical liberal. I'm a straight Democrat. Typical liberal. Typical, man. Crazy. Shit, shit is, shit is, shit is really out of pocket, dude. Shit's trifling. And I always ask myself when it came to Adam 22, like, when, when is, when is his, like, audience going to realize that this nigga is really out of pocket and he's weird? Like, he's, he's really weird. It has nothing to do with him possibly being a homosexual or him being, like, a, a weird, bi-curious caucasoid, right? Has nothing to do with that. It's just... The way he goes about things is just very weird. Like, his way of going about beef is weird. Like, one time, he was willing to crash out. He said, fuck it. If these people are going to get me, they're going to get me. I'm like, God damn, this nigga's bugged out. They gonna they're going to tear him up, man. What the? They're going to tear this nigga up. No bueno, man. Going to tear his ass up.
you dig? You know, definitely, most definitely not, and I repeat, not a good look, all right? Most definitely not a good look. Um, but, you know, the audience eventually going to realize that, yo, this nigga's a weirdo. He's a creep. They didn't used to call him Adam 16 for nothing. That's all I'm going to say about it. All right. Now, we went through the uh, Adam 22 allegations, man. This shit is kind of weird. Shit is kind of spooky, all right? Shit kind of weird, all right? Niggas is weird. Anyways, Valentine's Day night. It is almost 730 which gives me, of course, my usual two hours and 30 minutes to go. I clocked in at 2 o'clock. I'm getting the fuck out of here at 10 o'clock. You dig? But eventually, like I said, uh, Adam22's audience going to realize, you know, this nigga's out of pocket. He's weird as shit. And, um, yeah, we can't rock with the whole Transformer thing within hip-hop media. I think that certain things kind of need to stay where they're at, you know, we don't need that traveling over here, okay, come on now, (laughs) come on now, we don't need that, you know, no disrespect, but we don't need the whole uh, Decepticon Transformer thing within uh, the blacks, okay, what the, all right, we'll need that shit amongst the blacks, you dig, all right, so, uh, all the uh, cupcake activity, these male cupcake activity, um, men with schlongs, men men chopping their titties off because they want to be men, all that. I mean, hey, do what you want to do, but don't expect everybody to just be like, oh, okay. That's because a lot of niggas, they're going to go, yo, that shit weird. You know what I mean? Niggas going to go, yo, that shit weird. It ain't weird. It's weird. That shit weird. All right? What the... You know what I mean? Niggas is looking like, yo, what the fuck is... Yo, come on, man. Come on now. Come on now. All right? First thing nigga gonna do is be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yo, nigga's weird. Yeah, this bitch is weird. Nigga, bitch, whatever the fuck it is. Decepticon Transformers, man. Multi-dimension. Multi-dimensional. Uh, multi-pronouns. Motherfuckers is bugged out, burned out, man. What what can you what can you say? Niggas just shout out to the gills. I mean, what can you say? They they go in. It's like they do it slowly too. Um, the Breakfast Club. They got the they got the Rainbow Power Ranger logo everywhere. Everything is extremely colorful. If you catch my drift, are you following me? Everything is extremely colorful there. I say to myself, hmm, that's interesting. That's weird. Then I had to realize, like, oh, yeah, Charlemagne, he's a liberal. Another another black, weak, liberal, uneducated buffoon. Another one. Absolutely disgraceful, despicable, out of pocket, out of style. <sighs> terrible. This is terrible, man. And like I said, they handpicked these Negroes and, um, you know, they're they're designated tap dancers. Like, hey, we need we need a show, boy. All right. We need a show. And, you know, they start shucking and fucking jiving. They start cutting the rug. Okay. 
Niggas out here doing the stinky leg, the Laffy Taffy, all right? The Cuban shuffle. These niggas out here doing the fucking cha-cha slide. You know what I mean? Uh, for de- for democratic credibility. You know what I mean? These niggas out here really uh, tap dancing, all right? Okay? Really cooning and buffooning, all right? To say the least. Let me stop joking. I'm almost done. It's actually 7.30 now, so I need to stop bullshitting and actually get ready to go back here, do my eight, and hit the gate. I would say I would apologize for the length of this episode, pause, but I did an episode earlier today that was like two hours and 15 minutes, and I'm about to upload that and share it now. But as I always say, for me, it's the end of another day. So in the meantime and in between time, And until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel Scratched at the Crash Out Coliseum. Jersey Judah signing out. Peace.